I love this season. I love the Easter season in the South. I love Sunday traditions in the South. And maybe you're, if you're raised like me, you know, Easter and, and church kind of go together and, and Sunday. And so we just decided, man, let's just talk about the church. This whole series for the next three weeks leading up to Easter, we're just going to talk about the church. We're going to talk about God's house. We're going to talk about how special, how unique, how remarkable, what it means to give your heart and soul to God's house and how important God's house is. There's just nothing like that at the Easter season. Easter season is church season, everybody. So I thought, man, let's preach about the church. This is my favorite uh, thing to talk about. One of my favorite things to talk about because the church saved my life. Every good thing that's ever happened to me happened in church. I found my wife in church. I got saved in church. And we had two babies uh, we, we took them from the hospital and we, we put them, you know, in the, in the car seat. You know, the nurse, the nurse, I don't know, did the nurse walk y'all out to your car seat like when you, your first baby? And she looks at you like all disapproving, like, do you know what you're doing? And I'm like, I made this. I'll do whatever I want to do. You know what I'm saying? This is mine. You're not taking her back. And so we, we, put, we put our babies in the car seat and, and we didn't go straight home. We went straight to the church. True story. We went straight to God's house. And uh, we took our newborn babies out. And I wanted my babies to be more familiar with church than my house. I mean that. I want my babies to know that in my house we make mistakes. But in God's house, listen, God never makes a mistake. God is always, we, I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I have the ability to let you down. But God will not let you down. And so I wanted churches to be part of their lives. So I love talking about God's house. I love the Easter season. How many of you have... Easter traditions in your family, you like different traditions. I grew up in a real churchy kind of tradition, and uh, we had potluck. Do you remember this? Y'all grew up in church, you remember this? And on potluck Sundays, here's what you did. Everybody brought something that they prepared, you know, for everybody else. And if you, if you grew up in a small enough church, you would always know who it was that had like six cats. You know what I'm talking about? Like the cat lady. And you'd be like, hey, cat ladies in the green bowl, don't eat that. You know what I'm saying? Because there's cat stuff all up in there. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah, some of you may be the cat lady. You know, exactly. you know, you know what I'm saying. We, if God will help us, we will never do potluck here. Not because I don't love I, y'all. Not nasty, but the people in first service is nasty. So I'm not I ain't trying to do. I ain't trying to do no potluck. I, may, may, but maybe that's your tradition or, or other. Like we we would wear suits on Easter. On Easter, I'm gonna, I'm gonna suit up up here, everybody. I'm wearing. I'm coming full metal jacket. I'm talking about. I'm I'm getting down. I'm gonna armor up. On Easter Sunday, because that's, that's just part of what we did, man. We wore a suit, and we got a new suit every year. i never forget one year, Brandy, uh, when we were dating, she went to, to our house, my house, and, and my mom, if you're, if you're a mom of teenagers, don't do this to them, but my mom had pictures of our childhood up everywhere, you know what I'm saying, those ugly, terrible pictures when your head's all big, and you know, your hair's all, na- my head's still real big, <laughs> and, it, and so, and one of them was my Easter, and I never forget this, I had some jabot pants, y'all don't know, I had purple, come on somebody, that's what I'm talking about, my man in the back, purple pants, and a yellow shirt, come on somebody. I looked like a Cadbury egg. I promise y'all I did. That was Easter, man. That was our, speaking of Cadbury eggs, that's my favorite tradition about Easter is Cadbury egg. When I see that commercial come on with that bunny and all the other animals, you know what I'm talking about? Anybody, all the big dudes know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I get, I feel the Holy Ghost all over me when that Cadbury season starts happening. Or, 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 the, or the Reese's peanut butter eggs. Anybody else on Reese's peanut butter eggs? Whoo, I'm getting hungry right now in second service my favorite Easter traditions and maybe you have those kind of things but here my favorite thing about Easter is it's all about church it's all about God's house it's all about bringing people to church and I love that because God's plan to save the world has always been 
about you and I. Listen, Jesus is distracted by lost people. He's distracted by the lost. It's amazing to me when you read through the Gospels how distracted Jesus becomes. Luke 15 tells three different parables back to back. One about a lost coin, one about a lost sheep, then about a lost son. If you, if you, were, to go, if you were to talk to Jesus very long, it would always it would end up about lost people. He would end up talking about you know the way, the way lost people people act or how we reach for lost people. It was what he came to earth for. Luke says it this way. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to his house. Verse 10 in Luke 19. For the Son of Man came to, listen, if you want to know why Jesus came, this is the reason why. He came to seek and to save. Everybody say the lost. Come on, everybody. Everybody say the lost. That's why he came. It's his purpose. He's all about lost people. He is distracted. And here's the most awesome thing about that that a lot of people make the disconnect on is that God chose you and I to play the main role in reaching the lost with the message of hope and grace and life found in Jesus Christ. It is our plan. Here's the way I like to say it if you're taking notes on your worship guide. Here's the way I want you to write that down. That the church is God's plan A to reach the world and there is no plan B. Like the church is God's plan A. When God said, how am I going to reach people? How do I spread grace? How do I spread the message of hope? How do I spread the message of life? How do I reach for people? He said, this is the only way. I'm going to do it through the local church. And then, well, what if the local church doesn't do it? Well, no one else is going to. Can I talk to you? I told you I was wild in first service. Can I tell you something? It's a sad day when you turn on the TV and people in Hollywood are doing more to spread compassion than you and me, everybody. You want to know the answer to refugee crisis? It's us. It's the church. It's our job. You know the answer to orphans and and, and reaching for for orphans? It's us. It's our job. The church is God's plan A to reach the world, everybody. It just is. This is what we were called to do. And He didn't make up a plan B. So if we don't do it, there are people in your world who are going to go unreached. If you and I don't step up into that role and say, man, this is what this is all about. The church is not a building. It's not, look around. I want you to look around at all this. Our dream team sets up every Friday night. Since I'm talking about it, let me invite you to that. We, we have load in every Friday night. Then today we're going to load out. I know you think angels tear all this down, but our dream team does that. So if you want to stick around, I'd love to have you help us load out today. But all of this stuff, look around. These lights and these, these chairs and all this stuff. This is not the church. Listen, you and I are the church. The church is a group of people who say, man, in light of the fact that Jesus saved me, in light of the fact that Jesus changed my life, He transformed me, now I'm going to come to God's house and I'm going to give my everything. I I want everybody else to have the same experience that I've had in God's house. Everybody say amen to that. That's why church is so important to me. That's why I love this place. That's why we're going to keep reaching and keep giving and keep serving and keep working because as long as there are lost people, our job is to reach lost people. Right now, God's house is right here at Kendall Elementary. But let me go ahead and let you in on a little secret. Wherever we move next, whatever God has planned for us, which, by the way, if you have land to donate, come on, holler at your boy. Whatever it is, God's got plan. I'm, I'm serious. I, listen, God's going to work through some of us. But it doesn't matter where God moves us or if we stay right here or how many more campuses we open in elementary schools. Wherever we are, that's where God's house is, everybody. Say amen to that. Wherever we get together and introduce people to hope and life, that's why it doesn't matter if it's an elementary school. In the Old Testament, it was a tent. It was just it was a place in the desert they would set up somewhere that we could meet with God's presence. 
presence. Here's the way I like to say it. God's house is where God's people experience God's presence and they prepare for God's purpose. Would you write that down? God's house, wherever it is, at Kendall Elementary or in another campus we open up somewhere in your town, a community close to you, or wherever it is we build a building, God's house is where God's people experience God's presence and they prepare for God's purpose. And every single weekend, listen, every Sunday in the South, here's what this is supposed to be. Listen to this. This is the big idea today. Every church service, every time we get together, every time we're in God's house, we are to throw a party. Would you write that down? This is a party. This is supposed to be a party. And at this party, hearts are changed. And we worship God together. And we have fun together. And we experience grace together. And we are changed by God's word together. And we make a difference together when we serve. We have a party together. And unlike other parties in your life, Jesus wants everybody in the world in this party. Say amen to that. If you have kids like I do, I have a five-year-old. I met somebody that came in today that has four kids under the age of three. I got tired just looking at them. I was tired for them. I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old, and, and, and I'm tired right now. <laughs> but when you have kids, you have birthday parties. You know, Here's the way birthday parties are going in, in our house. In our house, it goes, well, the birthday's coming up, and Brandy and I sit down, and she goes, so... Who are we inviting? Now, in our house, here's how it works. We make a long list of some of your kids, and then we start taking them out one by one. Because I, I, that jumpy place that we go to is $11 million for your kids to go jump all over that stuff. You know what I'm talking about? If you want to open a jumpy place, that's good money right now for birthday parties. And so at our parties, we start saying, well, I don't even like them. I don't like them. Their kids are dirty. I don't, even, I don't even know them. These are neighbors. I don't like them. Their dog poops in my yard. I don't want, and so we start, we start taking off people off of the party list. Anybody ever do that? Just be honest. You know you do. You take people off your party list all the time. The truth of the matter is the party that we, that we throw every weekend, Jesus invites everybody to it. You say, people that don't look like me. Yeah, people of different race than me. Yeah, people of different culture than me. People raised the other side of the tracks. People with different socioeconomic levels. Let me just go ahead and tell you right now because I got the microphone. This church is open for everybody, 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 everybody. You think of who, who, who whatever you're thinking about, I wonder if he'd let them in. The answer is yes. This church is for everybody. You don't have to look like somebody or look like me or have it all together. You don't have to have the have my same skin color. Some of you folks are going to be so freaked out when you get to heaven and look at all those Spanish speakers. Come on, everybody. You're going to look around and go, oh, my gosh, the language of heaven is Spanish. I believe that. You just, I'm telling you, this church is for everybody. Amen. Because the party is for everybody. When Jesus throws a party, it is for everybody. I love, I love Jesus' ministry because in the New Testament, you'll find him a lot of times at a party. Matter of fact, in our, in our text today, he's at a party. Luke, the 14th chapter. Jesus is at this banquet. He's at this party. His first public miracle was at a party. He turned water into wine, everybody. Come on. I'm talking about party. Y'all know what I'm saying? Party time. He was, it, was, it was party is where Jesus was. And so he's at this other banquet in Luke 14. And he says this in verse 16. Jesus replied with a story. Somebody asked him, Jesus, wouldn't it be great if we had a party in heaven one day? Like a banquet just like this. And he said, that's interesting you say that. He said that there was a man who prepared a great feast and he sent out many invitations. Now Jesus is preaching in a parable. He said when the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. 
Jesus begins to tell this story about a man throwing a party. Now, when you hear this, I want you to know that the, the, the man in the story is not just any man. It's a parable. And that man is God. And the banquet is not just any banquet. It's God's house. It's the party that God's throwing here. And one of the things I want you to catch right in the middle of this parable, right in the very beginning of this, I want you to catch what this is. Listen, God's house is better compared to a party than a quiet, sleepy experience. Let me say that again. God's house is better compared to a party than a quiet, sleepy experience. When Jesus wanted to tell a parable about church, he said, it's kind of like a party. Now, I'm just going to be honest with you. One of the reasons I love this church, and if I didn't work here, I would still go to this church because it feels like a party every time I come here. I never forget somebody a couple of weeks into, into our church. They caught me in the back of the room. They go, hey, we really like it, but is it always so um, loud? <laughs> and I go, no, 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 ma'am. Sometimes it's louder. Like Sometimes at second service, it's worse than that. You know why? Because this place is supposed to be a party, everybody. This is supposed to be the most exciting place that you go to all week. This is supposed to be a life-giving place. This is... This is supposed to be a place where you jump around and have a good time. Now listen, you don't get crazy. You, we, we don't get wild. But you, you, we, I'm, I'm going to get turned up. I'm, I'm just going to do it, okay? I'm going to come over here. I may stand on top of something before it's over with. And it's not because I'm trying to freak you out. Listen, it's because in this place is supposed to be a party. This is supposed to be a place full of life. Not a place you come out of with your head hanging down. I love this church not because every Sunday we don't preach about sin or we don't talk about important things or I'm not trying to help you be better. I'm not telling you what God's word said. But here's what I do want. I want you to walk out of City Hills with your head lifted higher than when you came in. I want your shoulders bowed back more than when you came in. Because outside of these doors, listen to me, there's enough hell. When you get here, I want us to get as close to heaven as we possibly can. Everybody say amen to that. I want, I want this to be a life-giving place. I want this to always be a place full of joy. I, 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 I kind of get proud when people say, your church is a little rowdy. I kind of like that. i got to be honest with you. Because I just think it ought to be a party. I just think if you come in from out there and your world's falling apart, when you get in here, this ought to be the place you leave smiling, everybody. You ought to leave here happier than you came. You ought to leave here full of faith. Not that everything's all right. Not that everything's you know, perfect now, but everything's going to be all right. Right. God's working everything out on my favor. God's making a way for me. I am glad because Sundays are supposed to be a party. Say amen to that. You ever been to a, a party that was just dead and you just thought, how in the world can I get out of this thing? You know, the, the most dead parties, you ready for this? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hurt some of your feelings, but the truth of the matter is the worst parties in the world are co-ed wedding or baby showers. All the men say amen to that. Every time we get an invitation, Brandy's like, oh, look here, Sally's getting, getting married and we're invited. And my first question is not, well, who's she marrying or when's the wedding or where's the wedding? My first question, you know what it is, you know exactly what it is. And my first question is, do I have to go? <laughs> like, is it co-ed? <laughs> like, are they thinking I'm going to be there? Because there's nothing worse than a co-ed. And if you've got a co-ed wedding shower planned, Send me an invitation. I'm just, I, my schedule's really busy. <laughs> co-ed baby showers are the worst. Co-ed baby showers. Dudes feel, so, it's a diaper cake. That's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. And it's just dead. There's just no music. It's like a library. You ever go to one of these things and you're standing in the corner and you're like, hey, come here. Um, when are y'all leaving? Because we want to leave when y'all leave. <laughs> like, 
You ever do that to somebody at a party? I do that all the time. I'm like, hey, let's tell everybody you parked behind me. So, like, you have to go, you know, to let me out. And I have to go. And we'll go together. And let's get out of here. Anybody ever done that? Yes, you have. I, some of you have done that. I know you have. I can see it on your face. I don't want church to be that way. This ought to be the best party I've ever been to. This ought to be the most, this ought to be the most exciting place. Listen, it's not because everything's perfect. It's not even because I'm perfect. It's because I realize I'm not where I want to be yet, but I'm further along than I was. Come on, say yeah. Everybody say amen. Come here, Eric. Come here. Come here, Max. Come up here. Real quick. You stand right there, Eric. Max, you stand right over here. These are good looking men, but they're both married. All the single girls. Married. Married. Happily married. Happily married. Eric's got seven or eight kids. Don't you? How many? Yeah, a lot of them. You got six, seven kids. I'm happily married. So don't look at their arms. Listen. When you leave church, if you want to know, somebody, somebody asked me about, about how, how, you know, do, do you preach against this? Or is this, you know, how's your church? Is it, well, what do you value? Let me tell you what I value. I want you to spread the message to everybody you know. This is what City Hills is all about. You ready for this? I want you to leave City Hills every day looking back over the gap of your life and saying, I'm, here's where I'm leaving church today. And when I look back over my life, there's a gap between where I used to be. There, there's some, I've made some progress. I'm, but when I look in front of my life, there's still a gap between where I want to be. I want a church full of people that live right here. That say, I'm not where I used to be, but I'm not where I want to be. So I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back next weekend. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close the gap between where I used to be and head towards where I want to be, everybody. Does that make sense to you? I want a church where you can make progress like that. Thank you guys. Have a seat. I want a church where you can make progress. You don't have to have it all together. But we get to get it together in this party. That's what church is supposed to be. That's what God's house is supposed to be. That's why every week I'm going to show up. That's why every week I think you ought to be faithful to church. Because we're closing the gap between where I was and where I want to be. Amen everybody. So Jesus goes on to talk about this story in Luke 14. Verse 18 he says, but they all began to make excuses. So here he is. He's sending out invitations. They all began to make excuses. This is the funny part. And one said, listen I just bought this piece of real estate. And I got to go inspect it because... Obviously, everybody buys real estate without inspecting it first, so please excuse me. You would be interested to know as a preacher the excuses I get for the reason why people don't come to church. Verse 19, that's not y'all. I'm talking about the 9 o'clock people. I'm not talking about y'all. Y'all, yeah, everybody get quiet. Verse 19, another one said, I just bought five pair of oxen. I want to try them out, so please excuse me. Now, this, the, the, the last one I kind of believe, that I think this was a dude because he said, I just got married. I can't come. Like it literally he was just like all defeated he was just like I just got married so I cannot come I just I just can't come my wife just won't let me come I don't know why I just can't come that's what he said I got married I can't come verse 21 the servant returned and told his master what they said and his master was very furious now I could preach a bunch of condemning stuff about you know making excuses about not coming to church but why would you talk to people who come to church about not coming to church so I don't want you to catch that here's what I do want you to catch though here's the second point today God takes invitations to his party very seriously God takes the invitations to his party very seriously everybody here listen has been invited in just a couple of moments I'm going to give you the invitation to join the party. There's some people in this room. Listen to me. Look at my eyes. There's some people in this room. Who need to say yes. To be water baptized. Now, you don't even come ready for that. You didn't even know. I was going to hit you between the eyes. And I'm not. But the Holy Spirit's already talking to your heart about it. 
already telling you it's you. You you need to you need to get baptized. I've been seeing it all over Facebook. I, I, I there were people today in first service. They had no idea they were going to get baptized. And then when I gave the call, they go, I don't know why I'm standing right now. I don't know why I'm walking to the front right now. I don't know what's happening. Some of that's going to happen to you. I'm going to give you the invitation. Because God takes the invitation to his party very seriously. Listen, you and I have to take those same invitations to the party very seriously. That's, that's why I'm constantly pushing us to grow. That's why I'm constantly pushing. You, there's, a, there's, a, there's a new psychological, I don't know if it's psychological. There's a new uh, uh, phrase that you'll use that, to describe a feeling that you get about social media. And it's called FOMO. F-O-M-O. F-O-M-O. It is the fear of missing out. Have you seen this acronym? I heard somebody talk about this. This is where I have to look on Facebook because I may miss out on something. You know what I mean? What are they eating for lunch? How will I know what Mark's eating if I don't look on Facebook and see the picture that he took of his food? i got to see what he ate. I'm, I'm, this is the fear of missing out. Now maybe you're maybe you're addicted to somebody like, like maybe you're married to somebody like that. I don't. I listen. I've got fear of missing out about this place around here. You listen to me. When somebody invites me to something on Sunday, here's what I always say: I'd love to do that. I'm going to do that after I go to the party on Sunday morning. You know why? Because I'm afraid if I miss out on this, I'm going to miss out on God doing something big. I, I fear that if I miss a week, I'm not talking about vacation with your family or doing something. I'm just talking about consistently. I, I value God's house so much. I'm afraid I'm going to miss out on God doing some big stuff in somebody's life. Everybody say amen to that. When you invite me somewhere, my first question is going to be, can I get back to church? Are we going to be able to leave? Because I'm, I'm fear, and that fear of missing out, has it's been all of my life. I, I, I grew up with a, with a drug addiction. I, I, was, I, I had a drug problem from a very early age. My, my mom and daddy drugged me to Sunday school. They drugged me to Sunday morning. They drugged me to Sunday night. They drugged me to Wednesday night, everybody. Come on, Wednesday night Bible study. Y'all don't know about that. My parents drugged me to youth service when I, we were 18 years old and Brandy and I were dating. We were going to get married, y'all, and, and I couldn't date on Friday night because we had youth service in my church. That's a true story. And my mama listened to the podcast. She knows. I, that's a true story. I couldn't do nothing. We had, we just, I, I, I just got drunk. And listen, you can say what you want to say about it. I'm not telling you whether it's right or wrong. I'm telling you this today. It seems to have worked out okay for us. I'm just being honest with you. It seemed to have worked out okay in my life. And, and that, that fear of missing out, I still got it. I, I, I go to church all the time. When we go on vacation, we're not going anytime soon unless some of you repair that house I have in San Diego. We're not going anytime, anytime, anytime soon. But when we go on vacation, this is so true. You ask Brandy this. We go on vacation. I, if, we, if we're gone over a weekend, I'm going to sneak away to church two or three times. I'm going to go somewhere. I'm going to go try out another church on a Saturday night. I'm going to go to early service on Sunday morning. Before they ever get up, I'm going to get up and go to church because I just love this house. I'm, I'm afraid if I miss, I'm going to miss out on God doing something big. God wants to tell me something today. God's got, He's throwing a party today and I cannot miss this party for anything in the world. Amen, everybody. You say, man, that's kind of fanatical. That's how I think, that's how fanatical I think God is about his house. That's how important I think church is. How, how important I think God's house is. I think he takes his party invitations very seriously. That's why we're going to keep reaching more people. That's why we're doing everything we can to reach more people. That's why I'm super excited about this. Listen, it doesn't matter how, whatever else we do. When God gives us another building, listen, it's not going to be about that building. Listen to me. Look at my eyes. Some of you are wondering, when are they going to get a building? It doesn't really matter. Because whenever we do, it's not about that building. 
The building's just the vehicle for us to reach more people, everybody. Until we get that, guess what we're going to do? We're going to add more services. We're just going to keep adding more chairs. That's why on Easter we have three services, everybody. We're going to have 9 o'clock in the morning and 1045 and 1230. That way you can bring as many people. You say, why all the empty chairs? You know why? Because every empty chair is an opportunity for an empty life to be filled. And I take this invitation seriously. Because you're in a church today, listen, that still believes there's a real place called hell and a real place called heaven. And this is life and death, everybody. And I don't want to bring it down real, real low, but this is life and death to me. And as long as people are lost and on their way to hell, we're going to do everything we can short of sin to reach them. Everything. More services, more campus. And don't get comfortable with three on Easter because we may have three after Easter. Come on, everybody. We, we're just going to keep growing. We're just going to keep reaching more. As long as y'all fill up 1045, we're going to keep adding services. We're just, it's going to be five and six and seven services. Then we're going to build a campus. Then we're going to build another campus and buy more land. And We're just going to keep reaching more people because there's hundreds of thousands of people in San Antonio and in the Hill Country that need the hope and life that you and I have found. And we take this party seriously. Amen, everybody. Everybody, God's house is so important. Whatever we do next, however God chooses to bless us next, it's just the next step. I don't want you to miss a service. I don't want you to miss a single thing because it's so important that we take the invitation seriously. That's why when you came in today, I want you to take that out. You, you got an Easter invitation on your seat. Would you just lift your seat up a little bit and get, get that invitation out from underneath your rear end? Yeah, hold that in your hand. Hold that in your hand. Get it out from your purse. Some of you have been drawing tic-tac-toe on it. I see you. Listen, when you leave today, when you leave today, our, our hosts are going to be in, in, at the back doors and they're going to hand you a handful of these. Now, don't, don't look at them like you do when they hand you giving envelopes. Don't be like, I don't need one, thank you. <laughs> no, no. I, I want you to take a handful. Because these are invitations. You say, oh, this is the invitation church. It's got Easter eggs on it. What's that about the resurrection? Listen to me. I told you, we'll do anything short of sin. If a family will bring their kids, their three or four kids, and they'll, they'll come up so, so their kids will have a good Easter and, and, and have, I don't care why they get it. Because when they get here, when they get to the party, they're going to hear the best story they've ever heard in their whole life, everybody. I'm going to preach a message of hope. I'm telling you, we're working on some resurrection stories. They're going to blow your mind. I can't wait to preach the resurrection to you. I can't wait to tell you the hope and life that we found in Jesus. So I want you to invite people. I literally, I want you to bring everybody in your world. We got three services. They can go to their church at one time and then come with you. They, they, you can go to mama's at 9 o'clock in the morning and come to this 1230. You can bring as many people as you want to. I promise you, don't worry about seats. We'll, we'll put out seats. We'll stand. I, we're believing. You ready for this? We're believing for 500 people on our very first Easter at City Hills. Amen, everybody. Today, we're celebrating our six-month birth. Look around. This church is only six months old. Six In six months, look what God's already done through us, through you. Look what God's already reached in your family, your life. We, we've baptized eight people already. We're going to baptize a ton of people in this service. People are getting saved. People are getting plugged into the team. It's amazing what God's doing already, and He's just getting started. Until Jesus runs this town, we're going to keep reaching more people. Come on, everybody. We're going to keep reaching more people and inviting people to the party. Amen, everybody. Musicians are coming. Listen, I'm going to invite you to the party today. I am so serious about this that I, I, I told our team, I'm going to take the last few minutes of our service and I'm going to invite everybody 
to the party. So I'm going to take three minutes, and our musicians are going to play. And listen, if you, if you didn't listen to a single other thing I said all service, I want you to listen to the next three minutes. Because I'm going to give you three reasons why. Listen to me. Look at my eyes. Why you need to be baptized today. 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 I have prayed all week. I've prayed all month. That today you'd say yes. That there's a yes that, there's, that you don't even know exactly how. You've just been feeling it in your heart. I'm just asking you to say yes today. Just, just, just whatever you feel. Just follow Jesus. Just say yes. Just say yes. Just say, I'm going to do whatever it is that you want me to do. God, I'm going to say yes today. You ready for this? I want you to hold up three fingers. Everybody hold up three fingers. And we're going to count down. So don't count down to the bad finger. Come on. <laughs> I'm going to give you the first reason why you need to get baptized today. Listen to me. The first reason you need to get baptized today is you get a brand new life. You get a brand new life, everybody. Here's what Romans says. It says, we were therefore buried with him in baptism into death. In order that, listen, so that... So that just as Jesus Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father. Listen, we too may be raised up to live a brand new life. Look at my eyes. Listen to me. Men, women, moms, dads, listen to me. I don't care if you think it. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. Listen. Some of you need a brand new life. Your old life didn't work. You've got so many mistakes and the guilt and the shame you've been carrying around with you for a long time. You don't know what I did. It doesn't matter what you did. You don't know how. You don't know how bad it's been. You don't know the mistakes I made. It doesn't matter. All I know is this. The very same God who raised Jesus from the dead. When you get up out of the water. Here's what the Bible. I didn't say it. The Bible said. When you raise up out of that water. You get a brand new life. Everything's washed away. All things are made new. The Bible would say, though your sins be as scarlet or red or stained, you will be washed white as snow. A brand I baptized somebody last service. Tears out of his eyes. I looked him around right in the eyes. I said, it doesn't matter. I, I, I'll never forget. I'll never forget baptizing somebody not long ago, a couple of years ago, I baptized a guy who had been deployed to Iraq. He was a war veteran. And he, he, he come to me with tears. I mean, I'm talking about a big man. And he come to me. He said, Pastor, you don't know what I've seen. You don't know what I've done. I looked him right in his eyes like I'm looking at you. And I pointed my finger just like I'm pointing at you. And I said, it doesn't matter what you did. Everything is made brand new. Everything. Some of you need a new life. Everybody say number two. Come on, say number two. The second reason you need to say yes today is because you get a new identity. You get a new identity, everybody. You get a new, I need somebody who's got a coat. You, can, I, can I borrow your coat? Come here. Come on. Tell me your name again. Jeremy. California? Yeah, you look good from California, man. All good-looking people I know are from California. Thank you, brother. Can I, can I have this? Or, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm going to give it back. I'm going to give it back, bro. I got it. I'm just kidding. Listen. Here's what the Bible says in Galatians 3. It says, all of you who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like you put on new clothes. Bub, you're skinnier than I am. Listen, he said you, I feel like Chris Farley right now. There we go. There we go. Listen, listen, thank you. Listen to me. He said, you put on Christ like putting on new clothes. Look at me. 
look at me. Some of you, you've only been known. You're identified one way. He said, no, no, no. When you get baptized, you come up out of that water. You have a new identity. He said, now everybody sees Jesus and they don't see you. It, 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 it literally, you get clothed with brand new clothes. He said, nobody even sees you. Anymore. He said, when the Father, when God looks at your life, He doesn't see your life. He sees you through the new clothes. The righteousness of Jesus Christ is clothed in you. Listen, some of you have been known as the cheat, as the liar, as the mistake as the problem as the last divorce and the last divorce and the, and the problem and the addiction when you get out of the water today you get a brand new identity that's good isn't it come on Jeremy help me out of here bub you see I'm struggling thank you thank you bub listen to me here's the last reason here's the last reason look at me there's no excuses we provide everything you want shorts. I got baptized in a robe. Let me just, I'm going to paint you a picture, okay? You take all your clothes off, and you put a robe on, and you get in water, and your feet come up. Come on, everybody. <laughs> why, did, why did we ever do that? No robes in City Hill. We got long, modest shorts for you. We, we got a, we got a, a t-shirt that you can take home. It's going to be yours. It says, raise the life on it. We got hair products. If you just got your hair did, we got hair nets. If you just got a pedicure, we got flip-flops. We got gel. We got hair dryers. Whatever you need. If you know, if we don't have it, we'll go to Walmart while you're getting baptized. I, listen, we got photographers. We got people taking video. I don't care if nobody came with you to celebrate. We'll celebrate with you. You just have no excuse to say yes. You got to say yes. So stand to your feet. Here's how this is going to go. It's real simple. You say, man, you're, you're pushing hard. I'm pushing hard today. Here's the reason why. The Bible says they were commanded to be baptized. I'm, I'm, not, I'm commanding you. If you've never been baptized, listen, I'm telling you, today's your day. Today's your day to say yes. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to hold somebody's hand you came to church with. It doesn't matter who it is. Take somebody by the hand. Bow your head. Now here's what, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray. And I'm going to ask you to open your heart. And then I'm going to ask you to open your eyes and you're going to look at the person next to you and somebody's going to walk down here with you. I don't want you to have to walk alone. I'm going to, I'm going to let you ask somebody, will you go with me? Is it you today? I'll go with you. I'll, I'll walk down there with you. I'll, I'll celebrate with you. But I want you to open your heart. Come on, every, every, everybody's heads bowed. Father, I pray in this very moment that God, you'll talk to somebody's heart. Somebody who needs a brand new life. Somebody who's been sort of on the outskirts of the party. Looking from the outside in, thinking, man, I'd love to be in on that. I need a new life. I need to be known a different way. My whole identity needs to be changed. I wish I, had, I, wish I could just cover my whole self up like putting on new clothes. Father, I pray today you'll talk to somebody right now, right now, right now. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. I, I, I preach all I know how to preach, so God, you're going to have to do the rest. Talk to somebody's heart to say yes, to say yes, to say yes to the party. In Jesus' name.